Hi everyone, I'm Joseph and welcome to part 9 of chapter 1 of E.G. Wolf of the 9th Avenue. Uh, chapter 1 of Digimon Seekers, obviously. So we're going to jump right in. This part begins with a quick reiteration of what occurred in the previous part. Uh, E.G., it's looking like the context for this, uh, uh, this beginning is that E.G. is self-reflecting. And uh, he's within his rental room. I'll get to that shortly. But while self-reflecting, E.G. recalls that uh, Professor Ruzinji gave him the task of infiltrating the Sons of Chaos, discovering who, discovering who Tartarus is, and what the purpose of the Sons of Chaos is. There seems to be evidence that the Sons of Chaos are planning a large-scale operation. What that operation might be, we don't know yet, but evidence is pointing that the Sons of Chaos are mobilizing. It's again reiterated that the Sons of Chaos is a group of code crackers who are very materialized. Um, they're very... Um, agentful and trying to um, uh, trying to um, uh, and trying to succeed and whatever it is that their goal is and again what that goal is we're not entirely sure uh, that's the whole purpose of Professor Ruzinji sitting in E.G. and Logomon it's then reiterated that although the police forces and intelligence services agencies although they're doing the best to uh, um, look into the sons of chaos themselves uh, what's highlighted is that it's looking like these uh, government agencies, they're less interested in the safety of the digital world and protect, uh, protection of the Digimon and rather just how the Sons of Chaos is influencing, uh, rather let me start over, how the Sons of Chaos is using the digital world to influence the real world. So in other words, the professor is concerned that government agencies are not really concerned about the safety of Digimon in the digital world, but rather just how the code crackers, code crackers, how the cyber terrorists are using the digital side to influence the real world. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. And uh, it's also explained um, that uh, uh, when the wolves were around in Europe, America, and Japan, all they were doing was scaring the livestock. Yet despite that, humans made a choice to eradicate them from the uh, from any areas where uh, it was populated with humans. And essentially, it's looking like the professor wants to prevent another uh, another event like that occurring, where we get rid of the Digimon just because the Digimon are existing in their own natural world. Um, it's also stated that E.G., although he confirms that the reward for infiltrating the Sons of Chaos and helping the professor is quite great, it's the professor's passion. Uh, his, his, his passion towards protecting the digital world and ensuring the safety of Digimon that persuades E.G. into continuing to, uh, 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 to, to, to embark on this mission, this infiltration mission. Uh, so as I started, I said that this seems to be a recollection because the writing does jarringly shift over to uh, what seems to have been E.G. thinking about the past and shifting to the present where Ichi currently is residing. He's in a rental room uh, with Logomon Hollowized next to him. Ichi does acknowledge, while it's true, rental rooms do not allow dogs and cats. In this instance, it's A-OK. -okay. Why? Well, because Logomon is Hollowized. He's digital. Um, Ichi does speak. Give me a second, everyone. I'm looking at my... So essentially, well, I just want to reiterate, the professor is more concerned... Uh, and how the sense of chaos will influence the ecology of the digital world and the lives of Digimon. So in other words, how the lives of Digimon, uh, the lives of Digimon are at stake because of what the sense of chaos are doing. And that's what the professor wants to focus on. Um, yes, yeah, so anywho, uh, this, there's, also a, there's also a small page break where after E.G. Uh, uh, speaks to... Um, give me a quick second, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my notes. I was looking at the wrong portion. Uh, E.G. remembers, so E.G., uh, while he's looking at Logomon, he tries to pet his head. Of course, he can't actually pet him because it's digital, but still, he, he does the act. And despite no tangible effect, Logomon still growls towards E.G. 
And Niji actually thinks to himself, oh, you remind me of a dog that I used to have when I was younger. He was nice towards my parents, but for whatever reason, he acted the way you are uh, towards me, Oni. And then after that, an alarm goes off. Um, excuse me, everyone. Actually, yeah, an alarm goes off. He, uh, what Niji just thought, he says out loud to Logomon, the, the dog memory or the dog comparison. And then his alarm goes off. And then uh, at this point, uh, EG says it's time to get to work. Logomon returns to EG's linker strap or his linker screen. And at this point, it gets really cool, really sci-fi. From his linker, um, uh, a menu hollowizes and it's established, it's reiterated that this is only possible because of hollowizing technology uh, from the Denran Digital Lab. And so essentially, EG is able to operate the menu uh, that's, that's being projected from his linker. And again, I think that is a pretty cool uh, minor detail. But could you sorry everyone, my, my cat is in front of my notes, so <laughs> I'm kind of navigating between my notes and my cat. Uh, at this point, it's explained that joining the Sons of Chaos is actually not too difficult. In order to do so, it's actually like a part-time application process. One has to um, apply, and then someone reaches out to them, and then they set up an appointment time. And it's stated that EG has already done this beforehand, and so now we're jumping forward a little bit, or rather, after the alarm goes off, rather than seeing EG make the appointment, it jumps ahead to where he actually has an appointment with a senior member of the Sons of Chaos. We don't know who this interviewer is. All that's listed, it's just that their name is interviewer. How are they communicating? Uh, EG is communicating via, uh, with the interviewer uh, via Grimm, and more specifically, a voice chat, a voice call. So continuing forward, It stated that the interviewer's avatar seems to be a Showa-era salaryman with a necktie. Despite this though, it seems like he's going to be a little bit cold. It is, the interviewer is described as being kind, his voice a little bit um, in the seniors. Uh, uh, yet again, despite this, he sounds warm. I hope that is true. Uh, we'll discuss the translation at, after this during the analysis, but uh, I hope that this, this is true for the interviewer just because typically, stereotypically, when one is working with an interviewer, they're much more cold, distant, and not very warm, right? So, anyway, continuing forward though, um, EG actually asks the interviewer, would I be able to meet Tartarus if I join you? And the interviewer, of course, becomes a little bit suspicious about this, about this and asks, oh, you want to meet our leader? And then Eiji goes, well, yes, of course, and expresses, he expresses excitement, uh, how essentially Tartarus is a, uh, a, a cyber legend. And of course, Eiji wants to meet him. And this, and this amuses the interviewer. He chuckles a little bit and asks Eiji, oh, how, how old are you? You must be a junior high student or a high school student. Eiji chooses to not respond to that question. The interviewer once again asks, how old are you? And Eiji just states, well, it won't matter what I say my age is, if it's 16 or 60, um, I can't prove it anyways. And then the conversation goes forward from there. Um, uh, the interviewer then explains that um, no need to worry. Executive members of the Sons of Chaos, if they see that code crackers within the group are doing exceptionally well, they'll make the choice to reach out to them, even if that code cracker is not asking about Tartarus. So uh, again, if the skill is shown, then senior executive members of Sons of Chaos, they'll actively reach out to these code crackers, even if they're not seeking Tartarus, even if they're not looking to uh, work in higher levels, they'll still be, uh, they'll still be uh, communicated with. Then it's then explained that Ichi is going to take these, um, the employment exam, which is at the semi-A level. The interviewer does express uh, some 
Uh, he understands that EG Poly feels like, oh, it's just in my A level. It's not going to be too difficult. But the interviewer explains that nine out of 10 of the code crackers they work with or Digimon do not survive this test. And so he tells him, good luck. And at this point, uh, EG actually tells the interviewer, okay, I'll prepare, uh, uh, I'll prepare uh, for a, uh, make sure to prepare for a proper welcome, welcome party. <laughs> and the interviewer actually chuckles at this once again, amused by EG. Uh, and EG is essentially expressing that he's quite confident in his skills. And give me a quick second because we are reaching the end of this part. So before we get to the end, EG does, after the interviewer explains that an executive member will reach out to him, uh, EG thinks to himself, oh, so the Sons of Chaos is like a mediocrity. Um, what a mediocrity is just means that if one demonstrates the capacity to do well, then they'll be able to move on up. And again, that's exactly what the interviewer explains. If the code cracker shows proficiency, uh, the executive members will reach out to them. So then after EG makes his, uh, um, be sure to welcome the welcome party. Um, once again, it's established that EG feels determined. He feels like he could do this. He looks at the linker shop and he feels uh, so uh, agentful because of the fact that he feels like the linker shop allows the impossible to become possible. And he looks at uh, Logo Mom and he thinks to himself, I bet you knew what the professor meant when he said Digimon are alive. And then at this point, it ends with EG activating the mind link. And let me just go ahead and read exactly from the page how it ends. EG looks, he takes, EG takes a deep breath. Please check the file for the details of the operation. I'm praying for your success. Thank you very much. EG looks at the Digimon linker screen. His Logomon is looking back at him from the small screen. Silence. Digimon are alive. I bet you know what Professor Ridgely meant when he said that. He selects a menu, mind link. The sensor measures biometric data and allows commands after vital checks. Limits released. Its consciousness will be unleashed in the form of light. Well then, mind link. And that's how this part ends. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not to say, I thought this part was very exciting. We're starting to see the move, the, the movie, the story moving forward, the narration moving forward. We already have everything that's built up and set up the world that Sinkers is set in, how the digital world is operating within the real, or uh, in, in, uh, in relation to the real world, the different organizations that's operating within the uh, Digimon Seekers. And now we're finally pushing the story forward. We're getting our protagonist uh, doing an action where he's going to infiltrate the Sons of Chaos and figure out not just the identity of their leader, but also what is the end goal of the Sons of Chaos. I want to be completely honest with you guys. So far, although the Sons of Chaos has been discussed very negatively, I'm kind of getting the impression that they're not just completely black and white. There might be some nuance here. And the reason why I say this is just because um, the way that the interviewer is discussed, again, usually I'm used to when it's shady organizations, the members of that organization, they're not very kind people. They're very cold, very distant. Yet despite this, the interviewer, he's, he's described as being kind, as being warm. And actually, um, despite the fact he was, I would argue he wasn't laughing at EG, he was laughing with EG. So again, just an individual who I would argue is uh, one could have a conversation with. Um, before I continue really quickly with the translation, so there are some translation issues. I'm hoping that it's not an error that this interviewer is being described in such positive uh, tones. Um, hopefully it is true. Uh, another issue where the uh, translation might cause an, uh, um, some complications is when the, so actually I have it right here because I do want to look at it directly. Um, 
Intelligence agencies and police forces from all over the world are involved, but Ruzhenji is not at all concerned about the digital world. So they hired their own code crackers to investigate. So right here, I'm taking some creative, um, I'm, I'm utilizing textual evidence to deduce my own conclusions. I don't believe this line is correct. Ruzhenji is not at all concerned about the digital world. Even before this part, there's been plenty of evidence, textual evidence to suggest that's not true. The professor is only doing this because he's keeping the digital world and Digimon at the forefront. And then in fact, within this same chapter, um, give me a second, let me go to it. Excuse me, everyone. I just uh, I thank everyone for their patience. I can't find exactly where it's stated, but trust me, it is within this part. Uh, EG is greatly influenced by Ruizenji's opinions. There's also another little part where it's expressed that EG is impressed by Ruizenji's passion about saving the digital world, and it's because of this that he feels inspired to complete the mission. Oh, excuse me, but I don't want to spend more time trying to find that portion. But again, just going back to the translation, that's why, so again, there's textual evidence from this chapter, again, where E.G. states the professor's passion for Digimon and the digital world is what makes him move forward with the project. And in previous chapters, excuse me, previous parts where it's highlighted the professor has a fondness towards the digital world, I just don't think this line adds up. But Reason G is not at all concerned about the digital world. I think this is meant to read as intelligence agencies and police forces from all over the world are involved, um, but they are not concerned about the digital world. So Professor Regency hired his own code crackers to investigate, to protect the digital world and Digimon. <laughs> I'm not trying to find that line and I have it right here highlighted, but it's Ruzhenji's passion that moves EG's heart more than anything else. So again, just that line that I was trying to look for, again, I think that supports why I'm, why I'm changing the translation from what it originally was. Ruzhenji is not at all concerned about the digital world. I don't think that's correct. Um, but anywho, so now that we discuss in translation, um, I really am appreciating um, what's being set up here. Again, it's while world agencies are aware about the digital world, it seems like it's only the professor who wants to research the digital world and see rather not how the digital world can assist the human world, but rather how the digital world just operates on its own naturally. And understanding that and then moving forward, can we formulate a relationship, an organic relationship between the digital world and the real world? And uh, uh, we'll see how this is going to play out as we continue moving forward. And um, yeah, give me a quick second, everyone. Let me go back to where I left off. So the bad translation. Um, I know I said this last time. Oh yeah, reasons he's concerned. Uh, what I really liked about some more of the characterization. So I do have everything listed right here. Oh, actually, before I move on to the characterization, I do like how the, um, the Riders for Seekers is incorporating real-world elements into the world. So in the past, wolves were eradicated in Europe. 
the US and Japan simply because they try to scare livestock. We must avoid reproducing such a tragedy in the digital world. Digimon are alive. Again, just really emphasizing that the professor is interested in the ecology of the digital world, the natural habitat that exists within the digital world, how Digimon interact within it. In other words, a really great example or simple way to think about this is if we discovered a new species of birds, we will want to know how they naturally interact with the world around them, the habitat around them, right? We wouldn't want to uh, um, unnaturally make the bird react in such a way that the bird is not living its way naturally. It has to react to the human world. Hopefully that makes sense. I kind of feel like I'm a little bit all over the place with this video, but hopefully that's not true. Hopefully I'm just being hard with myself. <laughs> so anyways, continue moving on forward uh, to characteriza characterization. Uh, once again, I need to do a better job of my, of my connecting my notes to the, the quotes. Let me look over here. Okay, so again, this is from a previous quote I already had highlighted. It's from one I read previously. If the activities of Sons of Chaos and Tartarus cause the international community to view not only code crackers, but also the digital world as dangerous and Digimon as the enemy, ellipses, dot, 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 the ecology of the digital world, i.e. the lives of Digimon, will be at stake. So that last portion, it's reading like it's coming from the perspective of E.G. He's having some realizations about what the professor is attempting to do and his personal realization. That's also a factor in why E.G. wants to help the professor and why he wants to continue to, uh, uh, I, I keep saying continue, but why he wants to begin this infiltration mission. I think that's really great characterization because again, it tells us that E.G. is not just in this for the money, nor is he in this because he's being inspired by the professor. He recognizes that by helping the professor, he's doing some good. Uh, the outcomes that will come from this will help to make the digital world more understandable and thus erase some anxiety that the public will have if when it, whenever the digital world and Digimon become public, whenever it becomes public knowledge. Hopefully that makes sense. If it does not, please do let me know in the comments or via messaging. But I really do like that characterization of EG. Again, it highlights that he is astute. He's able to recognize uh, 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 the nuance, what's beneath the superficial. I also do like the characterization when EG speaks with Logomon. Don't worry, I have the quote right here much more quickly or much more readily. At the foot of the futon in the loft, a fluffy lump is lying on its back with its belly showing. The holization of, the, the holization of Logomon. The room is rented and pets are not allowed, but this does not apply to all digital, but this does not apply to digital pets. All right, Logomon, we're gonna infiltrate Sons of Chaos. We're gonna find out who Tartarus really is. Don't let your guard down. He speaks to the Digimon. He had never talked to a Digimon before. Logomon turns over and cocks his head like a dog. There are many opinions about how well Digimon understand human language, but, and then ellipses. What is this characterized by EG? I did say in a previous part, that a lot of people in the community were a little bit upset with how EG was interacting with this Tyrannomon. But again, I would argue that the reason why EG was acting like that was not because he's a quote unquote uh, um, heartless individual. Uh, if he had a real dog, he would be kicking the dog, doesn't really care if the dog is fed or not. No, I don't think that's what's implied. The only reason why EG was treating the Tyrannomon the way that he was is because he did not think that they were alive. He thought that they were just programs. And a really simple example about uh, for this would be if anyone plays video games like Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls, Fable, uh, and so forth, when the game allows one to commit atrocities, right? <laughs> Most of us 
we typically do those atrocities. And what does that say? It's not that we want to do that, or rather, it's not that we want to do that in real life or that we're bad individuals. It's just we're having fun at that point in that moment, right? And we're having fun with the resources that's available to us. And that's the same thing with EG. He uses he uses the Tyrannomon as tools in his code cracking um, life. But yet, once he discovers he being EG that Digimon are alive, there's been enough textual evidence to suggest that EG's attitude is changing. His behavior towards Digimon is changing, and I would argue more for the positive. If EG uh, had his Tyrannomon out. I think he would interact them in a more positive manner. Maybe not as cute as with Logomon, um, but I think we're kind of doing a false equivalency. I mean, Logomon is described as very cute versus Tyrannomon, which is very much a T-Rex, right? T-Rex are cool, um, but there's a difference between cool and cute. <laughs> right? So that's a factor to keep in mind. But again, I want to reiterate, I don't think EG would mistreat his Tyrannomon. He would treat them better than he was uh, before he discovered that Digimon are alive. Um, so yeah, that's a factor and more characterization about Eiji's character that I am appreciating. Um, I also really liked his con Eiji's conversation with um, the interviewer. So again, I have it readily right here. After Eiji asks about Tartarus and the interviewer becomes concerned, and Eiji says, oh, he's just, who wouldn't be excited to meet Tartarus? The interviewer replies with, ha ha ha, you're really young, aren't you? Are you in high school or junior high school even? The interviewer laughs. Well, how old are you? EG responds, it doesn't matter if I tell you I'm 60 or 17 because there's no way to prove it. Here we simply sound and look like we want others to believe we are. It's characteristic of a certain spicy generation of old men to insist on their own high level of internet literacy, isn't it? EG thinks he's onto something. Perhaps the interviewer is actually an old man after all. Ellipses, and then the story continues uh, with... The interviewer describing Tartarus, how no one really has heard his voice before, very few has actually spoken to him, and so forth. But the reason why I like this line is just because EG, um, he's not a young individual. He could have easily just said, I'm actually outside of high school. But I think the reason why he didn't do that is because it's really been established. EG is aware that despite being out of high school, he doesn't really have uh, a concrete goal yet. And because of this, uh, I think... EG was being deductive. He was thinking about the future, uh, his the future conversation. He had said, "I'm out of college. I'm excuse me. I'm out of high school." The interviewer may have asked, "Well, then, what are you doing? Why are you so impressed by Tartarus? Why do you want to? Uh, why are you treating him like a role model? Right? Maybe I'm just overthinking it. But again, I do believe this could be used to uh, that could be used as sexual evidence to establish what I just said. That EG is thinking about the conversation at hand, and he just wants to uh, uh, get to the point. He just wants to begin the mission, the semi, uh, the semi A uh, exam, so he could get the uh, actual mission forward, starting to infiltrate the Sons of Chaos and meet Tartarus, discover what the goal is. Um, but again, I might be wrong about that. Maybe it's just a box being blue and that's all it is. And then really quickly, I like the discussion. So, oh, excuse me, my cat's in my notes. Let me make sure I'm not going ahead of myself. And also going back to speaking to Logomon, I also do like, even if EG is unaware, um, so let me go back to the previous quote. It is stated, there are many opinions about how well Digimon understand human language, but so EG's aware that him speaking to Logomon may not have any real effect, but he's making the choice to do so. Again, further textual evidence for EG's characterization in a positive manner. Uh, he does care about the Digimon. In the past, he didn't because he thought that they were just programs. He thought that they were just um, not even AI, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence. They were just AI, uh, not AI, but just programs. I already said that, but you guys know what I mean. Moving forward, um, 
So when it's discussed, let me see if I do have the quote about that. Okay, so I do. If you are the genius cracker, so the interviewer tells EG, if you are the genius cracker you think you are and you have a good track record, one of the executives will get in touch with you even if you don't inquire further. If you can get into the chat room, you might be able to talk to Tatarus. It looks like this is going to take a while. I know how to get close to the leader Tatarus. I will participate in Sons of Chaos activities and make a name for myself. This is clearly a meritocracy. So what is a meritocracy? I did explain this kind of during the summary. It just means that if one has a capacity to move up, then they'll be able to do so. Why are they able to move up? Not because of their resources, but because of their internalized agency. Um, in this, to apply it to right here, if, uh, if, if the Digimon Seekers world was real, and a code cracker joined the Sons of Chaos. Let's pretend that this code cracker has no intention of working with Tartarus. He just wants to work with the uh, Sons of Chaos because he could get, he could make the most. They could make the most money from working with them. He or she. Um, again, they don't care about moving up. The senior members, the executive members in Sons of Chaos, they'll recognize this skill and they'll actively reach out to them and ask them, "Hey, we see that you're really proficient at these certain uh, areas. Did you want to possibly move on up?" and join the inner circle, um, and the individual can make the choice yes or no. So that's what mediocrity is referring to. I think it's really cool that Digimon Seekers has a word like this within their storytelling, um, and that's really the only reason why I wanted to discuss it and mention it. Um, but yeah, we'll see if the Sons of Chaos truly is a mediocrity as we continue forward. Um, all right, so we're almost done with the analysis. So, all right, so continue with the interviewer. You're probably thinking, do I really want to try a semi-A? Nine out of 10 cases, you'll lose your precious Digimon. Needless to say, we cannot insure them or provide com compensation for their loss. Understood? I'll prepare for a proper welcoming party. Welcoming party? What do you mean? We're celebrating the birth of a new Sons of Chaos executive. Big words, but it's not a, full, not a foolhardy move on EG's part. EG has something special in store for them. So <laughs> I just really like this line. Just, uh, well, first of all, in the first portion, nine out of time, nine out of 10 times the Digimon do not survive. So this test that EG is about to do, obviously, even though it's a semi-A, it's not something to scoff at. One should be going in with a mindset um, that's focused, prepared, and ready to do what needs to be done. If not, then you're going to run the risk of losing your Digimon. I love how I think in the past, before EG got Logomon, he probably would have, this probably would have frightened him a little bit. Maybe not frightened, but made him nervous, apprehensive a little bit, right? Oh no, I already lost a Tyrannomon to catching a Madoki Betamon. Now I might be losing another Tyrannomon just to be doing this, this mission, this infiltration mission. But the reason why EG feels pretty confident is because as he expresses himself, he essentially has gotten an upgrade. Uh, but just because you get an upgrade, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's how you uh, how, it's how you utilize or apply that upgrade. And I think that's why EG is feeling pretty confident because he has code cracking skills. Now he has the resources to really refine those skills. And now he's going to show people what, he, what he's able to do. And again, the professor chose to work with EG for a specific reason, right? I don't think he would have just given the linker strap just to any code cracker. He was specifically looking for a code cracker who's individualized, determined and wants a user agency to create um, some form of change. Uh, and thankfully that, that seems to be who EG, uh, that seems to be EG to a T so far, right? Um, so yeah, I just thought that was a really cool line. And especially that second part understood that I prepare 
for welcoming uh, understood I prepare for a proper welcoming party we're celebrating the birth of a new sense of chaos executive I don't think this line is meant to make Ichi sound arrogant rather it's just further indication that he's growing as a protagonist again at the beginning of the story I think he still would have um, that determination still but he would have been a little bit second guessing himself oh no will I be able to do this oh no this is really going to affect me if I lose my Tyrannomon. Um, so I think this is character growth to demonstrate, to show the reader that E.G. is already growing. His life is already changing. And we'll see what, we'll, we'll see where the story goes from here. But I'm appreciating that. Oh no, my cat, she went in front of my notes. <laughs> Let me look at it really quickly. Oh yeah, so the, the, the mission name. I think the mission name is quite cute as well, E.G. Um, oh, I thought I had that... Well, it's fine. We don't need to read the quote directly. But when the interviewer asks him what should the mission be called, a wolf at the back gate. So really quickly, I think EG does need to work on his infiltration skills. If you're going to become a spy, you probably shouldn't be asking people if you're going to be meeting that person you're spying on, right? The person you're trying to infiltrate to gather information. But here's EG going, oh, will I be able to meet Tartarus? Right? <laughs> like, whoa. Kind of reminds me of like the Sopranos when they show the Sopranos when... um gangsters mobsters get caught and they're trying to uh, uh, uh blackmail tony because they have a wire on them oh tony so what are we going to do with that money that we stole last week what about that one time we murdered someone right so <laughs> come on ag take it a bit more slower and then we have this part um at the end where where a wolf at the back gate it's like at the back gate maybe because we were privy to the uh, as audience readers were privy to uh, uh, the, the the details behind the story but I can't help but feel the back gate that's Ichi being coy I'm going to infiltrate you uh, not through the most obvious way but through um, a more secretive uh, coy way right again maybe I'm just overthinking this maybe he's just saying woof uh, a wolf at the back gate because he's just trying to enter and he's well no because he, he's doing this properly right he really did the the, the interview, he set it up and he's speaking with, the, uh, he set up the appointment to, 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 he set up an appointment for the interview and he's speaking with the interviewer, right? So again, I can't help but feel like a wolf at the back gate, that's a reference to his mission, his personal mission. Um, and then lastly, uh, yeah, so that, that's essentially everything. The, uh, the last thing I want to mention is just when, before he does the mind link EG, EG looks at Logomon. Uh, Ichi looks at the Digimon linker screen. His Logomon is looking back at him from the small screen. Silence, Digimon are alive. I bet you know what Professor Ruji meant when he said that. I just like that again because that's showing to us that Ichi is treating his Digimon as if they are truthfully alive. And I, I, again, I know I've already established that he does believe that, but that's just more textual evidence. The fact that he's thinking about uh, 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 Logomon, you understood what Ruji said, right? Implying that you hear what the professor is saying, you comprehend what he's saying, I think you have an opinion about that. But again, so far it's looking like Digimon don't talk. We're going to see where this goes forward from here. So yeah, so this was part nine. I love how this portion ends with the mind link. Oh man, I, I do wonder if part 10 will continue with EG's perspective or we're going to jump to another character. I'm really hopeful that we are going to continue with EG's perspective. I'm really looking forward to how, again, Logomon and EG are going to be working together. And obviously, I do think they're going to succeed, um, they being EG and Logomon in their little semi-A uh, exam. What Digimon Seekers might also do, I'm kind of noticing they're doing a lot of showing instead of telling, which I think is great. They might also end up just... Um, Sorry, I moved, I moved back to the camera. I was on the, the website page. 
What they might also do, oh nice, I lost my train of thought, excuse me. Oh, what they might also do is just show and not tell. So the next chapter might just, or the next part might just um, start with the success of EG. He's now part of the Sons of Chaos. And he'll, they'll just give us hits, little bits and pieces of how he accomplished what he did. Uh, but yeah, if you are reading Digimon Seekers, please let me know if you're enjoying it. Um, I know uh, this might be not everyone's cup of tea, especially because we're not getting a lot of information. We're only getting parts, not even food chapters. But the inf um, the dialogue and the text that is being released, I do think it's enough for us to have a conversation about to discuss what's currently occurring in the story and to also discuss what will be occurring too. So thank you so much for listening. Listening, I do appreciate it. Have a prodigious day. And if you want to go Didajol, make sure you, uh, you take your vital bracelet with you. Take care.